This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Come on, you bees. You are listening to the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joining in the studio with the Besotted Podcast team, Dave Laney Lane and Liberal Nick. Let me tell you, they have tremendous squad depth. Every week I get to meet someone new, this time Liberal Nick, and the nicknames, they just keep getting stronger and stronger. Pleasure to have them both in the studio. So much for us to go over. Obviously, Brentford losing to Sheffield Wednesday on the weekend 2-1 so many times. They get this run, they get this momentum, then they're undone by what at the minute seems like an away uh, victory, a narrow one as well. Losing to Blackburn Rovers, this time Sheffield Wednesday, especially after that brilliant 7-0 victory. We're going to be talking to uh, Jim Levac on the phone later. He joins us and looking towards that Cardiff City game on Wednesday night. But Dave and Nick do join me. It's been a roller coaster of a season so far. Firstly, how are you both? Yeah, not bad actually. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, a bit of, bit of skullduggery, a bit of thieving's gone on before the game, before the match um, tonight rather. So my phone's been stolen. So anyone that's expecting a phone call from me, um, it's probably not going to happen later. So uh, yeah, no. But apart from that, yeah, Brentford is uh, as you said, it's a bit of a bit of a roller coaster. We we seem to get a, a really good win or. A couple of wins and in a game that you think in technically we should be getting something out of we, we get nothing and you know we spoke on the show last week and we spoke on the podcast and we kind of thought well a draw is going to come our way we've either won or lost on their travels <laughs> a draw is probably you know as, as about as about sort of like the you know the odds um the average is going to come um, and we're going to get one point but you know we couldn't hold out nick yeah but what you need is your reserve team i mean this is i think my first appearance this season you know christmas busy period lots of games coming up you know need to mix and match need to bring in the subs and you know they brought somebody off the bench with a bit of experience and like to be able to contribute some views you know sadly Saturday <laughs> wasn't that good looking forward looking forward to Wednesday and Saturday at home this week there should be a good week for me me personally as well as the team <laughs> absolutely well that's the beautiful thing about the championship you can get over a defeat quite quickly because you have a game always uh, just quickly around the corner this time on Wednesday to Cardiff well it was a strange game on the week 
weekend because obviously Brentford lost. But in the sense that if we're going off that first half, Brentford absolutely dominated. Shame that they couldn't get a second or put Sheffield Wednesday to the sword because in this game, you're never out of it. You know, one nil is always a dodgy scoreline, but especially in this division, Dave. Yeah. Um, we you know we saw the team news just before kickoff, and obviously Pontus Jansen and uh, Henrik Dalsgaard were missing. So we you know we brought we brought John Va back, and we gave uh, um, a debut to Mads. And you know, in the, on the first half showing, it, it it didn't really affect us too much. But I think once once Wednesday um, had gone in at half time, just the one down, um, and, and I think Gary Monk was able to sort of like speak to his players and, and mm. tell them to up the intensity, and they did. And I, but you know, from 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 where I was, you know, it looked like we were coping with it. They they were. They were certainly on the front foot, and we did get away with a couple. But you know, the the goal when it came was a was a handball from um, Rico Henry. Which was it a handball? It was an absolute stonewall handball. You couldn't have been any more of a handball than that. And it, you know, I just it, it was just why did he do that? Obviously, he, mm. he sent someone coming in from behind him. But I just thought he could you know the way the way his angle his hand was angled, he could have chested it or could have headed it. So it was it was almost like a you know um a, an involuntary movement mm. and you know he he his face while you know um the penalty was being prepared was a picture you know he knew that he kind of you know change the game well Nick you mentioned it there maybe in jest you said was it handball but Thomas Frank spoke about it after he said it, it was a strange penalty for him so do you feel like maybe it's well I think I think Dave used the word involuntary and I would agree you know it was a reaction I, the, the way I saw it Henry you know it, it he was, tried to it was the clearest to... handball you've ever seen why he did it <laughs> why he did it I don't know I mean you know it, it didn't look Deliberate, but it was cl- it was a deliberate. You know, it's a good job we're not at Stockley Park, isn't it? Because we'd still be <laughs> mate, arguing mate, about VAR it, it decision a, now. A, you know, but I, I'm always up for arguing penalties that they never were against us. This one, mate, this was a penalty all day long. <laughs> but I think going back to the important point, I mean, you know, you realise when on Saturday how much how important Pontus and Henrik Dalsgaard are to us. Actually, you lose two professionals like that with the experience the knowledge that they can bring to a team and you're already sort of fighting perhaps half a goal down rather than a, rather than a whole goal, mm. goal down and I think it is vital that um, Brentford need to think about who is it that offers that experience when you've got those two senior pros out, out. because what I saw was people playing around there was nobody there was none, none of the leadership that I think we've seen but over the rest think, of the course yeah, of the season you're spot on you know take those two out the equation we haven't got it it doesn't exist you can't you can't look for it elsewhere when it when it isn't there um and you know going back to penalties briefly and var you know we, we kind of joked that var would have that penalty would have still stood but later on in the game there was a definite pull in the area on one of our players and possibly a handball and you kind of like when when you don't get var when var mm. technology isn't there for you you know you kind of assume that once that moment's gone and it's not given you kind of just forget about it but the VAR means that up to two minutes after her up to three minutes after you know what, what, what you thought was you know just waved away can actually be pulled up and and brought back and you know I it does make you think like how seasons in in seasons in the future when we when technology is going to come our way things things might 
things might change for us. Heaven, for, heaven for Fen. Well, I mean, I really, really hope we don't get VAR in the championship. Really, you know, not for you. I am not a fan of VAR. It really disrupts Mate. the game. It Can I really, ask why? Because oh, of the disruption to the game, and and over the course of a season, you're going to get some decisions that go with you. You're going to get some that that go against you. It's not going to do anything to really improve the fans' experience. You watch some of the Premier League games, and li- listening to um, game yesterday, and I can't remember which one it was. I think it was the first game of the season. I was uh, first game of the day yesterday I was driving somewhere and there was a delay of two and a half minutes three minutes yeah. while they, they try to work out a VAR, whether it was or mm. wasn't needed the VAR you know and and people were in the stadium they didn't know what was going on because the screens had gone down nah not, not gonna, for me not, not for me shoehorn this one back in the, this genie's not going to go back in the bottle I'm afraid I think you know it's it's gonna it's gonna spread I just it's not going to be binned anymore but you know they need to make the right decisions and they need to make them quicker and I just can't see the, once you put the human you know the adjudicators in it <coughs> it's it's gonna it's gonna get prolonged it's good mind you it's a good job we're moving to our new stadium because at griffin park you have var you know you'd find the camera was hidden behind a pillar or something <laughs> so you never get the right decision you know so so lionel road will definitely be set up for var if nothing else yeah, yeah we've heard about the big new screens that you're going to have next year well uh no var a disappointment maybe or not if you nick on the weekend what was disappointing we spoke about the first half dominance but then for brentford to concede two goals in four minutes that was the that was all the nail in the coffin there wasn't it david yeah it's galling because you know as, as I said we, we, we look like we've really survived the first wave and um, you know Jean Vier looked looked decent I thought um, I thought you know Raya looks um, he got away with a couple of couple of it wasn't a fumble but he kind of pushed pushed a, like a, a cross come pass out into out into the danger area as it was and um, there wasn't a you know a, a Wednesday striker lurking there so we, we did kind of get away with one or two in instances but I just thought that we'd start to up our game and offensively we'd we'd soak up some more possession time but we just kept giving the ball away and up front up until probably the last 10 15 minutes maybe yeah five ten minutes um, we we just weren't in the races second half, and we did we did create chances late on, but it's it's just you know it was clear that, that we had nothing we had luck was out yeah it's interesting that you mention that Nick and I want to ask because he says you know we weren't at the races in that second half because Brentford really did fade in that second half but the interesting thing from the Luton game when you won 7-0 Thomas Frank said look it was 5-0 at half time the thing that pleased me was we didn't concede but our concentration stayed for 90 minutes because you know sometimes teams go on and they get consolation because teams just naturally take the foot off the pedal because the game's all but one here he just said completely different you fade a little bit and they didn't match that intensity for 90 minutes Nick goes back to what I was saying about them missing the two senior pros you know you would have had Dalsgaard you'd have had Pontus screaming at the defence screaming mm. at the midfield you know get in there start playing you know keep keep the pace up didn't have any of that it's always been a problem for Brentford over the years actually I've uh, you know I regularly have complained that the defence never seems to talk to each other and actually you never hear we stand quite close to the to, 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 to the front of the ground and you can actually hear the players talk Talking and shouting at each other, and over the years, Brentford have been one of the quieter teams in the division. You can hear the other, and that was obviously something that lacking again on Saturday. A bit, bit of the old leadership, bit of the old 
bulldog spirit. You know, let's get into them, lads. Let's go for it. Didn't hear any of that. Yeah, especially annoying when it was a team that was in and around you, Sheffield Wednesday, because now they leapfrog you after the back of this result, Dave. Yeah, they do. Um, it, it does show you how tight it all is yeah. all up there. And, you know, it's it, it's disappointing because, of you know, as, as we said, we've, we've come off the back of a really incredible 7-0 win. Uh, and you hope that you can at least come away with a point from Hillsborough. Um, mm. And because we've been so good on the road this year, you know, maybe three points. And that, going a goal up on, you know, um, through Brian Mbuemo, um, you know, it, it, it kind of got, got us a little bit perky. And you saw that we were in the playoff positions at that stage. So... Uh, maybe we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. That's, I think that's probably the brutal truth of it. We 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 haven't got as many options as we would like up front. We're re- completely and utterly reliant on Ollie Watkins um, for goals. Um, well, I know Mbuemo, um you know, hauled in with another one, but we've really got nothing on the bench offensively. So you know, we are looking to kind of limp through to January to get you know two two of our players back probably. Um, Divisoglu and and Force from Wimbledon. I, I I think that they they're both you know we need them both back. Um, so yeah, we we but we'll find out a lot. On Wednesday night, Cardiff in town. It's a different Cardiff to the one we're used to. Neil Warnock's not there anymore, so maybe we'll probably get maybe a little bit more chance of winning mm. rather than manipulated out of uh, out of it. Well, it is Neil Harris. So they are going through somewhat of a of a new manager bounce mm. at Cardiff at the minute. The former Millwall man. Before we hear what the fans had to say after the game, there is some uh, important news because obviously uh, former Brentford coach Brian Sparrow sadly passed away. Did Dave? Yeah, the club announced it um, today that he, he died on. Friday, Brian Sparrow. He was he was one of the um, four coaches we had under Ron Nodes. Um, he, he came in, um, so it was Brian Sparrow, Terry Bullivant, and Ray Lewington, as well as Ron Nodes for a, a short period of time, two or three years. Brian was a real character. He was a, a real footballer's footballer. Um, proper as i said he's a real storyteller we interviewed we interviewed him um for besotted um uh, just off just off of oxford street uh one lunchtime and um we printed the, the interview in the fanzine and he was just one of these people that made you laugh he knew everyone in the game he was a right cockney character so <laughs> um yeah he'll be sorely missed by his friends and his family so yeah just our respects go out to him and everyone that knows him yeah, absolutely. Thoughts with Brian, uh, Brian Sparrow's family at this time and all Brentford uh, connections there. Well, it was the Sheffield Wednesday defeat on the weekend and here's what the fans had to say after the game. The, I think the problem is that, you know, they got Fletcher and they got some experience up front and I think where we do miss out on away games is not someone else to hold the ball when, in the, when, when times are tough in the second half. Um, first half we played really well. Could have been two or three clear but I don't know once they want two I just couldn't see us coming back in the game so hey you know it, it, we're looking at the bench we still got, we still haven't got the strength there we need but I think it churned on that handball by Rico I think up until that point we were in control of the game I didn't see them scoring a silly handball um, and they're back in the game and then for 5-10 minutes they're on top we're struggling but uh, disappointing as you say very disappointing I thought the defence were uh you know, again, in control, never looked in trouble. Uh, I have to say, Mads was never looked uh, took t- to the game very well, very calm. Uh, certainly wasn't overawed by it, and uh, had a very good debut. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not sure what to say, Bill. It's uh, disappointing that we can see two goals, second half. Uh, before that, I thought we, we were looking very much control the game. I thought we might get the second, in fact. Bizarrely, I've not said this for a long time, up until the point that Jordan Rhodes came on the pitch. And I thought that, that, that changed things for us. I thought we looked a little bit more lively after that. There was a bit more momentum about our performance. Um, and, yeah, uh, I think I, I honestly feel like we deserve to win that game. Mainly on the basis of the fact that your second half performance was just so anonymous. Uh, but I don't know. It's one of those where we just talk it down and go. Do you know what? We'll take it. We will absolutely take that. It was it was a very poor penalty to give away. That that was absolutely woeful. And I think I'd have been furious if I'd have travelled up like you and seen that. Um, but you know, it goes against us most of the time. So it's quite nice for it to go for us. I think we've we've leapfrogged you now as well. So we're back into the playoffs. Um, obviously, come the end of the season, we'll be in League One probably. But <laughs> who knows if we get? It's many. It's what's the top you can get 22 point deduction so for us it'll probably be about 64 and 12 match ban for Forestieri You are listening to the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with the besotted podcast team, Dave Laney Lane and Liberal Nick. We were just talking about that disappointing, frustrating Sheffield Wednesday defeat on the weekend. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday leapfrogging Brentford into those playoff places, but it is still December. A long way to go. Many twists and turns. Well, we just heard from the fans as well. They were talking about being, uh, you know, that leapfrogging by Sheffield Wednesday. What did you have to make of it, Dave? Yeah, I thought it was I thought the uh, Sheffield Wednesday fans and the Brentford fans were quite honest there. Yeah, I, I think you know the, the the lack of experience when once we're a couple of players down. Um, I think that uh, again, you know, the penalty was just a gift, and you know they scored very soon after that. So they they really did sort of strike while while the while you know the the iron was hot mm. as it were. Um, I, I do. We will hear from Thomas Frank in a little bit, but it, it, I think I think more importantly, we just put that behind us. I know we can't. I know we can't keep can't we can't keep saying that. Just like let these defe- defeats go. But I think we have to be a little bit realistic. Is you know we we as long as we're two, three, four points away from that playoff place, that gives us a brilliant spring ball for the second part of the season, and it's up to the club really to kind of uh, give us a shot in the arm or give give the team a shot in the arm in, in January or just before January because we, we have got two important players that are there for us to, to maximise their their you know their their availability and there's a transfer window and we've probably got money available if we want to go and boost ourselves elsewhere I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to see what more we need in terms of defensive when, when we're all fit in midfield we've still got a couple of players that we're kind of unsure of whether it's Jensen or Norgard or Makocho there's um, De Silva there's, there's options there and in, in out out in the wide positions if we do get Dovisoglu and force back in in the set like what could be cover for the centre forward position Watkins is able then to go out wide which he you know that was his accustomed position for the last couple of seasons so we have got options but it's whether we've got whether we're close enough to those playoffs for them to really go for a bit more experience we've seen the you know well, the difference it does make when you've got someone like Pontus Janssen that comes in and you've got Dalsgaard now he's just signed a you know longer term contract at Brentford so I, I think they might be tempted to kind of push for a little bit more experience if we're if, if we're in we're in touching distance we are inconsistent away from home we are consistently we, inconsistent <laughs> full, full, full stop full stop we 
I don't think we, you know, we quite we quite know what we're going to get. You know, we 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 still play beautiful attacking football, and when it works, it's prolific. And when it doesn't work, we it, it, we we lose one nil or two one, and it is frustrating. And yeah. of course, the big debate is, you know, would we rather have watched that fantastically beautiful football every game, or would we actually prefer sometimes, particularly on those trips up north, stereotype stereotype again, digging in and you know grinding out the one nil result. Personally, I'd rather watch the brilliant football all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I would agree. Well, we we heard what the fans had to say. Let's hear what. Uh, 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 manager had to say Thomas Frank it's irritating me so much that we didn't get uh, something out of this game which we 100% should have done especially after the first half performance which was um, uh, you know very solid very strong in terms of playing away from home even I think there's a bit we could improve first half but we were on top of the game giving nothing away, close the crosses down, played with a nice high line, winning the duels, winning the second balls and produced the goal and actually more opportunities to, to potentially score a second one with uh, more sharpness. Uh, second half is a, is a disappointing um, half I would say. I think we was a little bit in between a lot of things so we didn't win enough second ball um, uh, so we didn't get control of the game and I think when we had the counters we should go for them because there was so much space in the middle of the park where we should go and we knew that but we didn't take our chances uh, in terms of playing them big enough we didn't have massive big chances but we didn't take them to to, to, to make them big enough um, and, and, and other times we just lost the ball too quick instead of being a little bit missed at coolness then we conceded the, the penalty change the momentum in the game and we need to uh, we need to be more switched on or what you call it more focused and know just the next five minutes okay don't go forward settle down make sure we we are we're smart uh, and we're sleeping you know in a split second on a on a quick throw uh, they produce a cross and uh, their most dangerous uh, man was free in the box so we need to do that better last bit was that the last five seven minutes we we uh, actually were cool and created what we should have done uh, more passing the team create opportunity we should have done that in the first four minutes even more um, so, if I should say something, more coolness, more, more awareness, you know, and solidness in the second half. We should, you know, okay, if we can't, you know, I'll play them, okay, then a little bit more compact in the situation because it was an open game. And because of an open game, then we just lacked that quality to close it down. Of course, we wanted to play with two of our uh, two most experienced players. Of course, we want, want them on the pitch. Uh, but first half, we, we didn't miss them. Uh, of course, we missed them, but we didn't miss them. And the boys who played stepped up. But of course, you need uh, two players like that in the second half. And there's a little bit of uh, pressure on the team. That, that That's where we, we could have used them, of course. But uh, that happens. Uh, every team got get injuries. So we just need to handle it. And, and, and other, other players need to step up. Um, and uh, in moments, I think they did. But second half we, we need to do more. The first starting debut in front of a big crowd, a difficult place to play, I think he's like the rest of the team, was extremely good first half. I think second half, I, see, I think actually he still did well, still you know a lot of one on one situation with Harris, he actually controlled that, uh, that's, those situations uh, good and then maybe you know maybe in the end of the game he lacked a little bit extra 
physical uh, power uh, to continue what he's done, but of course it's the first start. So overall, I must say, say well done uh, to, to Mats. But okay, we know we showed that we are a good team, and good teams they bounce back, and they we need to be on it um, and be ready for, for Cardiff on Wednesday. Also, thank you to all the, the fans that travel today. We are. I am very disappointed that we couldn't give them at least a, a point uh, today, but the fans are massively, and we, you know, we are getting up to speed at Griffin Park, and we we need to be on it and and, and attack on Wednesday. Thomas Frank there saying the team wasn't mentally switched on. They were second uh, to all the balls, you know, they, and they have to be on it this week. And what is a big week? Cardiff on Wednesday and then Fulham on the weekend, which is a sellout at Griffin Park, Dave. Huge game on the weekend. Big game. is very, very clever of Thomas there to be speaking whilst mowing the grass. He sounded like he's on his, on his, on his fly mow. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, he's, you can't really argue with with a lot he says. He's 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 kind of he's very very honest, um, and you know it's good of him to you know give props there to the travelling Brentford support, um, and yeah, they they were frustrated as as they came out of the ground because it's just you know just scratching our heads thinking you know well, why why can't we just go on a roll? Um, I think it's important that we we are able to get at least one of those Dalsgaard or Janssen back um, for Cardiff. They they're a, they're an experienced team. Let's not forget they came down from the Prem last season. I know they've had a change of manager. It will be a slightly different style. I would have thought. Um, and you know, as you said, they've got a bit of a new manager bouncing going on there. I, I'm not I'm not so concerned about that. I think you know most most teams will come to us and struggle um, it's, it's up to us to, to create chances and I think we will create enough to, to win the game if, if all, you know, all being well um, but the Fulham game um, on, on Saturday that's, that's a biggie that's, that's, that is something we're all going to get excited about. Yeah, definitely get all excited about Nick, I want to ask you, because weirdly, uh, a couple of the Fulham guys who work here at Love Sport saying, oh, really nervous about this Brentford game. They always seem to beat us, and obviously they just lost to Bristol City, so it's interesting you go, oh, Fulham is a big one, but the, the Fulham perspective is they don't want to face Brentford at the minute, Nick. No, and who would who would at Griffin Park? Well, um, Brentford have been playing really solid mm. and really good football. I mean, what both Cardiff under Neil Harris will have, and Fulham, is that they actually do play football and we play better against footballing teams um, and they normally cracking games um, so there's no reason I mean Neil Harris I've got a lot of time for I think he's a good manager and I'm glad that he's you know being wasn't long out of the game after leaving Millwall in in a very honourable way that he did um, and I think Cardiff have picked up somebody very bright there Fulham Fulham are Fulham are Fulham but you know the games against them are something special at Griffin Park and this will be our last league match against Fulham at Griffin Park yeah and by gosh, you know, the crowd will be absolutely paying for it. I'm glad it's been a sellout well in advance of the game. I'm surprised it took us even even up to the last week to, to, to sell out. And I'm really looking forward to it. I think it could be one of the crackers of the season, this game. But a defence needs to be on their A game. You know, they've, they've got a striker there that's too good for the championship. And, you know, he's... he's you know, he's filling his boots, isn't he, so far this season? The good so. news is, it sounds at least Pontus will be back. I think Pontus was just it was 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 ill on, mm. on Saturday, sick on, on Saturday. I, I don't know what the latest news is on Dalsgaard, but Dave's exactly right. You know, we need the defence to be absolutely on their guard. But the the good thing is as well is I think the defence actually. 
at home feel more confident. I don't know mm. what it is. They get a lot uh, this year as well. I've noticed. Maybe it's the tap water at Griffin Park. Could be the tap water at Griffin Park. I don't know whether Dave would agree with me as well, but I think this year as well, we, the crowd are so fully behind the team, and yeah. there's less of the sort of them. You don't hear any moaning at but, all, even when we're struggling. You know, for for I mean, certain sections of the game. Let's just remember that almost all of our squad are under 23, apart from mm. a couple. So I think it's only natural that they do feel more comfortable in the home environment. Um, they're all learning. This is the most most of them. This is the first, you know, a lot. Sorry, a lot of them. This is their first experience um, at this level. So going to these big away grounds is is kind of like it's a it's a big thing. I'm not saying they're overawed yeah. because we we haven't we haven't rolled over and taken a beating off of anyone. It's just that you know I, I just think that it's. In my hearts of hearts, I think next season we're going to be ready for a push. But, you know, you've got to take it when it's there. Dave, just very quickly, obviously, we know the games are sell out to Fulham. We know you're excited. Nick just spoke of it there. You know, it, we're already looking forward to it. One eye on it. But it is Cardiff mm. on Wednesday. Is there sort of two questions here? Is there, A, a case that the players may be looking to Fulham themselves and not concentrating on Cardiff? Or, B, on the flip side, do they know how important this one is for the fans on the weekend? Because it is the last time they'll play Fulham in a league game at Griffin Park yeah I, I, I think that the the coaching staff will have them 100% focused on Wednesday I don't I don't really think it's an issue um, mm. I think once that's out of the way then you know we use it we'll obviously use it as an excuse if they get beaten on Wednesday <laughs> don't get me wrong but um, yeah I, th- I think it's you know the cliche one game at a time yeah. and I, I, I really don't think that's an issue I think um Peter Gillum um, and um, the, well, the fact that we went away to QPR and we put on such a really good show that I, I think that they'll be bang up for the West London. They won't get too overexcited. It, it's you know it, it is just another game. However, I, I think that they all know the magnitude of it. When we went away to QPR, you could tell that the people who knew Brentford inside out had told the players how important it was. I think they'll instill that spirit of Brent Fulham. But we're too professional to ignore. Cardiff on Wednesday and nobody nobody is doing that well hope, hopefully because uh, Thomas Frank said they, they wasn't mentally switched on or at the races against Sheffield Wednesday they're going to need to be against Cardiff and Fulham well delighted to say Jim the Gooshman Levac is joining us next to talk about a whole host of things the week ahead and clubs selling their grounds he's with us next you are listening to the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the Pesotted podcast team, Dave Laney Lane and Liberal Nick. And now we get to speak to another brilliant star. Jim the Gooseman is with us. Jim, disappointing result on the weekend. What did you make of it? Uh, disappointing, yeah. A few plus points, though. I thought Ruslev was absolutely superb, really one for the future. And him and Rakic, you know, they really are sort of proof that our B team is is working. Um, I think it showed that, you know, without two experienced players, then we are prone to sort of lapses in concentration a little bit. I mean, the, the Henry thing was, was just silly. I mean, and, but, and I, it was just a natural instinct, I think. I, I wouldn't read too much into that. But to, to then let another goal in sort of within four minutes, I, I just think, you know, that wouldn't have happened with with Pontus on the field, um, he'd have been talking. Um, and that, you know, that's, it's, a, it's a learning curve for them. You know, if you, as long as they learn from it, take something out of it, so next time, um, then, you know, then we're moving forward. 
Evening, it's Dave here. Hello, How are you? Dave. Yeah, Hello, good. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for coming on. Um, got a couple of questions for you, really. The first, the first one is um, there was talk yesterday on on Twitter about Dervisoglu that um, Sparta Rotterdam may be sending over the, one of their coaching staff to try and persuade Brentford to allow him to stay um, in Rotterdam for the rest of the season rather than join us in January. Um, and obviously, there's Marcus Force who seems to be knocking them in with regular um, frequency for AFC Wimbledon. Um, there's some talk that we, we we will bring one of them in and we may let the other one stay out but are you of the mind where we kind of need all our aces we need every goal scoring potential player with us rather than bitting out on loan where's your mind on that one well can I, can I just pull you up on one thing first David it's uh, Der Vishoglu oh ok mate the, uh, my, 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 ter- my Turkish isn't answer. my strongest point I'm afraid yeah the whirling whirling dervish alright <laughs> uh, but yeah I would I would call both of them back purely because you know it gives us options it gives us the option of pushing Ollie out to the flank if it's not working through the middle and you know I was wrong about Ollie. He's he's really improved at centre forward and he holds the ball up a lot better now um, but I do think that if Dervish Oglu is, is a natural centre forward or playing off the, the front um, and Fors is, Fors is clearly sort of a clinical fox in the box type player isn't he mm. um, and, and likes to run at people which is you know something that, that maybe we haven't quite got um, and I just think it gives you more um, you know yeah they will miss out on the benefit of, of developing in League One or or in a in a decent sort of continental league. But, you know, we are really the only team up there in the top half with with one recognised sort of centre forward. And I say that advisedly because initially I didn't think he was, but but as I say, he, he has proved me wrong. So like like Liberal Nick, I can be wrong sometimes too. Uh, thanks, Jim. <laughs> An evening to you. Hope you're well, mate. Um, just, a quick, well. just a quick one. If you think that we're all right covered in the striking, what do you think about our defence? You saw, you thought the new guy was all right um, on Saturday. Do you think we need any strengthening in that department? Midfield? Uh, what do you, you know, few thoughts on I that? I personally don't. I, I actually think we're all right at the back. You've got Henry, you've got Jean-Vier, Pinnock, who... Uh, again, I had my reservations about uh, after one or two games, but well, particularly the first game, which was a bit silly of me, really, because you know they've worked on him and he's now a lot more composed on the ball. Um, you've got Jansen, um, and then you've got Dalsgaard, Rakic. Um, you know, you've got you've even got Sorensen um, and Ruslev. So, you know, I I, I thought, oh, I winced. A little bit when I saw Ruslev in the in the starting lineup on Saturday, but you know he was close with Norgard to, to man of the match for me. Yeah, no. what was it? What was his, What did you find his real strength was? I think pushing forward. I mean, he's quick. He's, he's rapid, and you know when you consider that it's only his what second game really. I mean, you know, there's a lot to come from him, but obviously they've got to manage that. They've got to manage the young players, and you can't expect that level. Um, every week so if if they're going to bring somebody in I think you know maybe a bit of experience but then you've got the problem across the back of of keeping people sort of focused because you've got lots of options a question that kind of comes off the back of that Jim is like you say you know have we have we got used to just making do I mean and, and or or 
or it, it, we never have all the options we just take one or two you know and there are clubs in this division and we this is like the second part of you know what i wanted to ask you about you've got clubs like sheffield wednesday you've got aston villa last season and derby county you know able to bring in people like rooney i know it's a complete waste of money from from out from you know from the way we look at things but they don't make do because they go out and they just buy a squad that's like bloated in terms of numbers and wages and we do the right thing you know we we, yeah. we, we don't sell we got two stadiums we could sell we, we, we don't yeah. sell either of them you know and we try and stick to our FFP obligations um, you know you saw Neil Morpé scored a great goal against Arsenal last last week um, he scored another goal yesterday against Wolves at the, at the, at the um, Amex you know that's that's what we're missing by having to to do the right thing. It, it, it's not right, is it? I, well, I think you've answered your own question, really. I mean, I, you know, I do. I, it makes me laugh, you know, when when you sort of listen to the pundits and Brentford don't get a mention when Morpay's playing for us. So it's just Morpay's doing quite well at Brentford, putting some banging some goals in. You know, Soyer's hardly got a mention. Goes to West Brom. Everyone's raving about him, you know, and I think I think it, it is funny. It, it makes me laugh, and you know, for me, I think it's great. We're still under the radar. I think even if we were top four, we'd still be under the radar. But the, but the, people, but the more se- you know, about the more serious point about selling the stadiums and the shenanigans that are going on. Well, you know, and, and it, well, in the same in the same sort of note, really, I think were we to do that, we'd get absolutely clobbered for it. And I think the 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 authorities need to crack down hard with with hefty sanctions against this, because you know if if there's the, if there's a law there or a loophole, then it needs to be plugged. If they've if they've deliberately breached it, then that, that for me isn't in the spirit of the game. Um, and people are say, well, it's not a game; it's business. But you know, for me, I still see it in the traditional way that it is. It is a game, and it should be a level playing field. Um, and I think. We do things the right way, and, and to be honest, do you know what? I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather sort of fail and do it properly, and and the correct, sustainable way, than a lot of these big, bloated, as you say, clubs. I, I, I think it's atrocious, and the sooner they crack down on it, the better for me. You're getting to sound like me, Jim, as a traditionalist, you know, and we'll be wanting to play on muddy playing fields as well next. But I, yeah. I have to agree with you because I mean, you could almost argue that in the championship now it's rigged. You either got teams who come down with huge, great payments from from Premier, Premier League um, relegation, and you know that that gives them three years safety on financial grounds, and they can buy what they want, or you've got the teams who are up to um, selling selling their grounds and and doing um, financial transactions, which are interesting. I think is is uh, a word <laughs> one, one could use. Um, and we, Brent, you have Brentford, and there are four or five other clubs who will be knocking around the middle to the top half of the championship who are playing with one hand tied behind their back. It really does annoy me that the EFL doesn't actually look at this and, and actually look to look to even up the, 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 the ground, the, the, the way that teams are, teams are battling for this. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think the very fact that we are still considered a smaller club, almost a, a you know, an, an uninvited guest at the party, which is great, again... Um, I, I, I think that uh, you know, were we to do it, they would. But they, you know, we would get hefty sanctions. I really do believe that. And I think it's because it's cl- supposedly big clubs like Sheffield Wednesday and Derby 
um, doing it. They, they, they just well, almost, there is, almost there is, turn a blind eye. There is talk, there's rumour, it might only be rumour, there's the 21-point deduction coming their way. And they, they, although they did sing on Saturday, we're Sheffield Wednesday, we do what we want. Hopefully mm. it will be proved that they can't do what they want. And, uh, you know, I'm probably Villa have got away with it by getting promoted. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you, you go on to that. You go, you talked about parachute payments there, Nick. You know, well, what's that all about? I mean, is it, you know, that, that's the sort of payment for failure. So basically, you, you go up and you get this massive windfall, and nine times out of ten, you you can successfully build a bloated football club, but it doesn't always work. Look at Stoke, which is, brings me back to my initial sort of point. I'd rather do it the way we do it and not go up. If, if that's what it means, then I'd rather sort of, you know, be be competitive. And I still pinch myself now that we're we're in the position we're in. It's fantastic, yeah. and we're doing it the right way. Absolutely, Jim. Real pleasure to uh, to hear what your insight and what you had to say. Thanks for giving us a little bit of time this evening, Jim the Gooseman. There. Well, it is Cardiff on Wednesday night. Delighted to say we'll be joined by another special guest this time. Tom Taylor, Cardiff City blogger, will be joining us next. The Opposition View on Love Sport. That's right, it is time for the Opposition View. You are listening to the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with the besotted podcast, Dave Laney Lane and Liberal Nick. We just heard from Jim the Gooseman there. What a brilliant insight that was, just to talk about the clubs and the way they're building at the minute and the way they're spending financial fair play. Really interesting insight there. Well, we are going to be speaking to Tom Taylor, a Cardiff City blogger, in just a moment. But before we get Tom on, I want your thoughts on the game. This Wednesday night clash, it is Cardiff we get the full and one out of our mind Dave what are you predicting here I'm probably going to go for a draw if, if I think we are going to I think we are going to get a reaction uh, I think it will be a positive I mean Griffin Park under the floodlights is just an incredible experience um, you know it's still a you know a, a, a very modest ground but there's something magical that happens underneath those old-fashioned old-fashioned lights and you know it is it is something that we're only going to see a handful of times more before we leave so I'm actually going to get in there a little bit early tomorrow um, or sorry Wednesday and um, just have a look around me because as I said we've probably may, maybe only got four maybe three or four games more left um, so you know under the lights under the lights so yeah so it's, it's, it's something I'm going to go in and savour uh, it'd be a really good atmosphere I think um, everyone will have a couple of uh, cold drinks before the game tomorrow, probably drinking responsibly, and um, and <laughs> and like, they will obviously get a little bit vocal, and, and I think that's what's needed, and that's what's really good about weeknights. You know, you come straight from work, you go down the pub, have a couple with your mates, you get on get on the terrace, or you find your place in your seats, and you sing for the bees. And I, I think, you know, I, as I said earlier, I think now that um, now that Warnock's not there, I think we stand a better chance. We're not going to get that kind of chess game that he's capable of pulling off against us. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more confident now he's not there. Alright, well, well, we'll tease it somewhat. We'll hold off on, on Nick's thoughts and your, both your score prediction because I'm delighted to say Tom Taylor has joined us now, Cardiff City blogger. Tom, uh, thanks for giving us a little bit of your time this evening. Massive match on Wednesday, but Cardiff are having somewhat of a new manager bounce under Neil Harris, aren't they? Yeah, um, it's been so far so good at the minute. I mean, the performance wasn't the best um, on Saturday, but uh, we really woke up in the last 25 minutes or so and, um, like, no, we're not lost yet and we're Looking as if we're starting to put a bit of form together, a little bit of a run, which is something we've not done all season, really. And, yeah, hopefully long may, long may it continue. 
Hi, Tom. It's Dave here. Thanks for joining Hi. us. Um, so, what, what's the difference between the you know Warnock and Harris? What, what is there anything significant changed? Uh, not particularly. I mean, they've got um, it's still a similar style of play. Um, Harris said um, uh, not long after he was appointed that he wants to like try and implement a new uh, philosophy and style of football, but I've not massively seen it yet. But there were signs of it uh, on Saturday. We're starting to play it a little bit more across um, across the floor, still uh, hoofing it long and times in some obsession <laughs> with the left hand side, uh, which I don't get. But um, the signs are there, and hopefully, it's something that will build as uh, the season goes on. Hi mate, it's Nick. Who have we got to watch out for? Who 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 should our defence fear on the winter night? Um, I think uh, in attack, uh, probably our most dangerous player is uh, Nathaniel Mendes, line uh, winger. Uh, he didn't have his best game on Saturday, but um, he was our only good player against Swansea in the derby, which wasn't very hard because it wasn't the best game. But um, he made Trent Alexander-Arnold look silly when Liverpool came to Cardiff last season. And um, he's yeah he's a real threat going forward, and he's definitely one to keep an eye on. Do you, do you, I mean, as Cardiff fans, you mean you, you said about hoofing it long, and you, you've you've seen a you know continuation of the Warnock style. Is that something that bothers Cardiff City fans? Do you, do, you, do you care about you know the the way you play? Because you know without us getting all on our high horses, we're quite you know we're very proud of the way yeah. our football team plays at the moment. I'm not saying which which way is more or less effective. It's all about you know in this in this division, it's about being consistent, and you're probably more consistent than us. Uh, you know, but uh, having been in the Premier league last season and come down do you do you think was there ever a feeling that you, that style has gone as far as it as it really should and it's about time you changed it or are you just happy with you know the way you play I don't mind it um, personally because I I can't I, we don't have the players at the moment to really try and implement anything else um, bar Lee Tomlin probably in midfield um, we're not too creative and um I like I don't mind it myself. Um, there, there have been instances when fans have been getting frustrated because it's it's fairly predictable of what's coming next, and it doesn't always work. And it's just um, playing it long out to the left hand side, and it's and then it becomes easy to defend against. Then, and so there are there are a few get upset at times, but I, I don't think it's too pressing of an issue with Cardiff fans. What would be success for you this season? Um. For me, personally, I'd love a playoff place finish. Um, it's going to be hard because there's so many quality teams a minute and it's really, really close. There's only two or three points in it with a load of teams, really. But um, no absolute dream for me would be a playoff place. I think first and second is more or less there, more or less confirmed with um, Leeds and West Brom. So... Yeah, uh, playoff place would be brilliant. And while I've got you on, it's not—I don't get an opportunity to ask this kind of thing. But and it's a bit of a contentious question, really. But Emiliano Sala, um, there's obviously that situation going on at the club where the you know they, they haven't paid um, any money for him or not enough money for him or whatever. You know, the, the fans got behind the you know the funeral and respecting him and, and that at the time. Is it what's the fans' opinion about what's going on with that situation? Uh, I think it's. Um it was a little bit frustrating because um, there's been a lot of stuff on Twitter from other fans saying that we're a disgrace and whatever and we should just pay off what we owe. But 
it's worth noting as well that he never actually got international clearance um, after he signed, and then he went back to Nantes, and then unfortunately the um, plane came down. So it, it has had a bit of a toll, and it's, I did fear that it would end up going this way, unfortunately, and it's just a shame that something so tragic has happened has been drawn out for so long, and it's one nearly a year now, and they're still court cases and stuff of who owns what and who owned the plane and who arranged everything and it's just a bit upsetting to see their spun this way yeah, yeah appreciate you answering that thanks yeah it is tragic and upsetting uh, uh, Tom uh, just quickly though on the game what what is your score prediction for Wednesday night uh, I don't think it'll be easy I think it'll be really tough but um, I'm going to go one all. One all, Tom, uh, getting splinters there, sitting on the fence. <laughs> but we appreciate you giving us some time, Tom. G- yeah, genuinely, some. thank you. Uh, Tom Taylor there, Cardiff City blogger. Well, Nick, uh, now I want to get your thoughts on the game. I asked Dave, uh, it's a tough one. It, it truly is on Wednesday, test. Absolutely. <clears throat> Got a battle back from a defeat. But I think well, there's no reason why we can't win. Just I'm the, going for 2-1. Just, just the 6. 2-1. <laughs> just the 6. Uh, Dave, your I'll, prediction I'll go, is... Well, he's, he's, nicked me, he's nicked my draw. 1-1. One, one. I'll go 2-2 two, two in that case. All right. 2-2 <laughs> two, two and 2-1. Two, but hopefully Brentford get the three points just quickly is there any plugs or, or housekeeping Dave absolutely yeah we've got we've run a competition recently to give a couple of tickets away for the Fulham game which we got um, which, is and, which is a sellout which is a sellout so the uh, we'll we'll read out all the content and the and the competition winners um, on the Thursday podcast um, yeah so th- as I said yeah Thursday morning we'll record the, the, the normal midweek podcast after the Cardiff game so that'll go live first thing on Thursday morning so yeah look out for that Absolutely, look out for that. Uh, and uh, hopefully, your name is drawn. You will be going to the Fulham game on Wednesday. It's Cardiff on Wednesday. You're at your own award show next Monday. Hopefully, we're fingers crossed. Where yeah, Brentford will win. Know. Yeah, no. Uh, and also, one thing as well brilliant Christmas present. Laney's, uh, Laney Legends Publishing produced a book about Harry Curtis, our greatest ever manager at Brentford. Look it up on Twitter. Really worth buying the book. 100%. Where, where else can we get that, Dave, very quickly? Um, through the club shop. It's, uh, yeah, or legendspublishing.net forward slash Brentford. So go and, go and check that out. Please check that out, legendspublishing.net. This has been the Brentford Fan Show, as it is every week on Love Sport Radio, every Monday, 8 to 9. We will see you next go week. Go on, you bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.